Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors Opal, Drogheda to Dorkin Cavan. Discover the all-new Opal Mocha, featuring Opal's iconic new signature visor, stunning Opal Pure Panel, and a choice of petrol, diesel, or fully electric. The new Opal Mocha is less normal, more Mocha. Visit BlackstoneMotors.ie. You're very welcome to Late Lunch on LMFM Radio on Midsummer's Day, the longest day of the year. By God, I have to say, it's a pity it wasn't yesterday because <laughs> wasn't yesterday just a cracker. And yesterday evening, I'll never forget the heat. We got a glimpse of what summer might have been. And wouldn't that just have been beautiful for the longest day? But typical of this summer's weather, you just can't reckon with it at all. It's dull out there today, not too cold. But I think we're going to get a little sunshine. I'm just looking at the weather forecast. Will I give you the two o'clock weather forecast now? Yes, it'll be a dry afternoon with some brighter sunny spells developing. Highest temperatures of 17 to 20 degrees in light variable winds. So there you are. We'll just anticipate it a half an hour ahead so as you know what's happening. Very important on this day. And uh, we're going to talk about it for the next while by a man who knows all about the mythical end of uh, Ireland and especially the Boyne Valley and on this day there was just one man for us he is the man behind Mythical Ireland Anthony Murphy welcome back to Late Lunch Good afternoon Jerry. Thank you for joining me again may I just throw a few uh, figures at you you know these already but just for listeners anyway just uh, for pig iron as they say sunrise today five minutes past five sunset a minute past ten o'clock tonight Hours of daylight, almost 17, Anthony, 16.56. And then, of course, I had to compare and go on to the 21st of December. 8.43 sunrise, sunset, quarter past four, 16 minutes past four, and just seven hours 33 of daylight. And the difference there in sunrise, three hours 38, sunset, five hours 45 minutes, and in daylight terms, eight hours 23. It's no wonder we're in better form, Anthony, at this time of the year. Oh, absolutely. And you're right. Yesterday was a fabulous day. If your viewers have been watching, uh, you know, the well, I doubt there's too many people watching the sunrises uh, at 5 a.m. But if you've been tracking the movement of the sun, especially if you live somewhere where you have a view of the horizon, you whether east or west or both, you'll have noticed that the sun has been gradually creeping towards the northeast where it's rising and the northwest where it's setting. Well, essentially what happens today, Jerry, is the sun the technical definition of summer solstice is the moment at which the sun reaches its maximum declination. Now, in plain English, that basically means the, the, the distance north from the celestial equator. 
So if you can imagine that the, the sky is the inside of a globe, it has an equator which is directly above the Earth's equator. And there are two rings around the Earth called the Tropic of Cancer and the Tropic of Capricorn, representing the places where the sun appears to halt at its highest and lowest points. Of course, today is the winter solstice in the southern hemisphere, uh, but summer solstice in the northern hemisphere. What the solstice means is the sun is standing still. Hmm. That's exactly what it means. Graham Stodd in Irish, stopped sun. Because if you've been watching the sunrise, you'll have noticed that over the last couple of days, it slowed down to a halt and will halt for several days before gradually turning back. And of course, you know what that means, mm. uh, the, the uh, inevitable shortening of the days. Now, we won't notice that uh, for a while. We won't notice. You won't really notice the shortening of the day until the end of July, mm. uh, the beginning of August. So, so summer is not going to be over tomorrow or anything like that, uh, you know. Um, but these are the two hooks of the year. So six months ago, we were at Newgrange. Now, we didn't see any sunrise because it was cloudy uh, the three days of the live streams at Newgrange. But uh, six months ago was winter solstice. And, of course, six months from now again will be winter solstice. And that's the other stopping point of the sun. It swings along the horizon like a giant pendulum over the course of the year. And uh, the the difference between uh, the length of the day at summer versus winter here at this latitude, we're between 53 and 54 degrees north of the equator, Jerry, here in the Boyne Valley. The, the difference is quite dramatic, but you can imagine the further north you go at this time of year, the longer the day, the shorter the night. Mm. However, the converse is also true in yes. winter, the shorter the day and the longer the night. We don't actually get nighttime here at this time of year. If you're out in the country, you'll notice there's basically an eternal twilight throughout the night. We don't get full darkness, even though the stars are out. It's interesting that you make that point about the further north you go, because I remember being in Helsinki uh, one year, round about this time or slightly later, and like that, it really didn't uh, darken at all for the entire 24 hours. Yeah. Now, now, tell me this, um, and, 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 and this is really important to, to, to absorb for everybody. It's no wonder the sun was adored and uh, paid homage to through the generations, going back thousands of years, because without it, Anthony, we wouldn't be. It's as simple as that, isn't it? Yeah, I think people have recognised the importance of it since the first time we had uh, conscious thoughts, uh, probably a couple of million years ago, uh, really. You know, uh, you can see, of course, the dramatic effect of the movement of the sun uh, at latitudes like this. It's, a, it's effect upon, for instance, the growth of vegetation and crops, also, its effects on the migration of animals, etc., etc., um, and of course, the people who brought farming to Ireland were the people who built the great monuments of Brunebonia, Newgrange, Nowth, and Douth, and they seem to be keenly aware of it. They they built monuments that were oriented to solstice, sunrises, and sunsets. Newgrange, the famous one, winter sunrise; Douth, winter sunset. There's a giant henge at Douth. Uh, which appears to have uh, openings aligned on the solstices, summer sunrise and winter sunset. So clearly it was important for them too. But fascinatingly, it's also in the mythology of those monuments. So for instance, when Dagda, who is essentially the solar deity of the Tuatha de Danann, because he controls the weather and the harvest, he, he, he desires uh, to have an affair with Bowen 
And in order for that to take place, when he goes to the house of Elkmar, which is another word or another phrase for Newgrange, uh, he makes they make the sun stand still in the sky, which is, I think, a reference to winter solstice and the event at Newgrange. But also at Douth, we have a story about a king who brings all the men of Ireland to uh, that place to build him a, a giant monument. Uh, and in order for the task to be completed, the, the men tell the king that they want endless day. And so the king's sister halts the sun in the sky. She causes the sun to stand still so that they'll have endless day to complete their task. Now, to me, that's a clear reference to a summer solstice Mm. um, event because of the endless day. As I said at the beginning, we don't, if you're especially if you're away from city or town lights at this time of year at midnight and 1 a.m., you'll notice that there's more than enough twilight to allow you to continue working through the night if that was your thing. By the way, Jerry, the spell was broken when the king and his sister committed incest and a sudden darkness came upon the place. And forevermore, the men said, it shall be known as Dua, which is where Douth gets its name in Irish, meaning darkness. Isn't that just something else? Brilliantly told, may I say, as well. So the links uh, between the Boyne Valley and this day of the year uh, are very strong indeed. You know, you talk about this day and celebrating it, and I suppose nowadays it's... Is it really, marked? For our ancestors, of course, this was a big occasion, wasn't it? How did they celebrate it? Uh, well, actually, that we can only guess at, uh, Jerry. We know that, in fact, in uh, early medieval times and probably in right into prehistory, the big actually the big celebration of the year seems to have been the beginning of the harvest at Lunasa. Um, uh, And that Lunasa celebration marked at many, many different uh, ceremonial sites around the country. It survived into, you know, later times as Bilberry Sunday, when people would go up on the hills and pick berries and, you know, listen to music and play music and dance and sing. Um, So this one, not so much. And it's a funny thing, but, Mm. you know, we we gather in hundreds at Newgrange Mm. for the winter solstice, but there just isn't that sense of gathering. Uh, There has been sort of a gathering that has taken place at the Hill of Tara over the past maybe 20 or 30 years on the morning of the solstice. But you see, I think the issue is that there are no uh, major alignments. Now, okay. The, you know, the Douth Henge is on private land. There's a, there's a small passage to him at Townley Hall, uh, which has a summer solstice sunrise alignment as well. Um, but it's, I suppose, not the sort of place that you would imagine people gathering in crowds yeah. like they do at the bigger monuments. And I think that's the piece that's missing in relation to summer solstice. It's just that we haven't. Now, I suspect, and I could be wrong, but I suspect future investigations of doubt may well reveal a summer solstice aligned passage because remember Douth, although it was excavated, <laughs> half wrecked actually in the 1840s, it hasn't been excavated in modern times. Mm. It may well be that there's a summer solstice chamber uh, waiting to be revealed uh, at Douth. So at least the legend would appear to hint towards that possibility. Mm. So it wasn't such a significant thing from uh, what you and experts like, you know. I do know Lock Crew. I was there one year on this day, and certainly Lock Crew, which, you know, is on the periphery of the Boyne Valley. Valley, they certainly get a summer solstice there. Um, actually, the majority of the monuments at uh, Loch Crew would appear to be aligned on the cross quarter dates, which are, you know, uh, in bulk. Uh, Bialtana, uh, Lunasa, and Samhain. They're yeah. the dates that actually bracket the sun's uh, slowing up 
and uh, speeding up and slowing down mm. uh, for the solstices and the equinoxes. And uh, I don't think that there's a solstice a summer solstice alignment at Lock Crew that I can think of. Well, you know, I, I may be confused, but I was there one time uh, with Claire Tuffy and a group, and certainly the sun came in. Maybe it's on one of those other dates. Oh, I'm getting a little mixed up. What is that? That's the equinox. Is yeah, it that's at the equinox? Tea, which is aligned on summer solstice, uh, sorry, summer sunrise at the equinoxes, on both equinoxes. Aye, so the, there the you are. I beg your pardon. I'm getting yeah. mixed up in myself here in me, in me advancing years. I knew I was there for one of them, so it's not the solstice, it is at the equinox. Thanks for reminding me about that. But sure, anyway, today, you know, uh, going back uh, in time, bonfires were lit, especially at those other festivals you mentioned. But you couldn't light a fire today, sure. You'd be uh, you'd be just damned and and you'd be cancelled. You know what I'm talking about? You'd probably about? get into trouble. Yeah, yeah. but, but the, 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 the summer fire did has survived into the modern era as the St. John's Eve fires on the 23rd. Uh, St. John's Day being the 24th. So that's like a Christian sort of um, continuation of something probably that was very ancient. Now, that still does happen in certain places. And in fact, I know that it happens on Tory Island uh, on the evening of the 23rd. Uh, there'll be a big bonfire lit on Tory Island. Right. And, and, and some of the more rural parts, especially in the West and, and Northwest, uh, and, and perhaps even southwest, not so much on the east coast, and not so much around the Pale, where obviously other influences have 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 taken these things away gradually over the years. But that does the summer fire uh, tradition does continue to this day. I'm glad to report. When you who studies this uh, deeply and and have immersed yourself in it uh, in many different guises over the years. Do you ever think about, you know, the unbelievable, you know, uh, engineering works where we talk about Newgrange always, but those other ones you mentioned as well, with the alignment of the sun and the seasons. And to think about this universe that we live in and this sun, the way it moves from one side of the planet to the other, brings us the seasons. Do you ever try to contemplate, you know, the the genesis of all this? Uh, regularly, yes. Uh, all I can say is that um, there was a huge pr- probable uh, spiritual element underlying what, what, what took place at Brunabonia. Jerry, as it happens this evening, I'm giving a talk uh, at uh, Drogheda Library, uh, coinciding with summer solstice. But the talk is about the Enoch of Brunabonia, which I believe to have been a very major uh, assembly or gathering that took place there in prehistory. And when you stand back and you look at the scale of the monuments and you look at the uh, the materials and how they were brought there and the number of people that must must have been involved. It, it brings you all the way back to the, the, that legend of doubt in which the king has brought all the men. That's what it says. All the men doesn't uh, suggest what the women are doing, probably something far more important. Mm. But all the men. And, and I think if that if you were witness to the construction of, first of all, the major tombs, and then later, the late Neolithic landscape, uh, Drone Henge and all of those uh, timber structures, that it must have felt uh, as an observer standing there that all the people on the island had come to, 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 to build it. If you think about, about how far away the stones from, for Newgrange were, were, were brought, Clotter Head, uh, Dundalk Bay, Wicklow Mountains, uh, and, and you think about the teams of people that must have been involved in coordinating mm. the movements of materials. It, 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 it's quite astonishing. I do think that science 
is helping us as well as the mythology to crack the secret of it. And I think at the end of the day, Jerry, it's all about a tiered, structured society with a dynasty leading it and perhaps the the those who were part of this familial dynasty uh, that commanded the people to build the great monuments uh, were deemed or considered by the, the population of the time uh, to be the sons and daughters of deities. Uh, something akin to what you see in, uh, in the pyramids in Egypt and in the Inca civilization, etc., etc. Mm. I think ultimately there's always somebody in charge and there's always somebody who has to do the shoveling, you know. Absolutely. And uh, those in charge today, well, I'm not going down that road. That's for a different oh. time and discussion yeah. all together. Look, you've been fantastic. So you're in Drogheda Library this evening. What time? It's at half past six. Now, there is a registration link for that. Uh, on Mythical Ireland on the social media uh, and it's also being live streamed so if you can't make it in person you can watch live on the internet and that's at half six A most interesting man a wonderful topic on Midsummer's Day thank you so much for joining us and throwing more light forgive the pun on this longest day on a fascinating topic indeed Anthony Murphy thank you Thanks, Jerry, and happy solstice to you and all your listeners. Many happy returns to you too and your family and everybody. Thank you, Anthony. Yes, he's a terrific guy. And it is uh, a most wonderful day, the longest day, the most light. I have to say I was up real early myself. I am up early uh, most mornings at this time of the year with the light. And it's just marvellous to enjoy such a length of light right through the day until after 10 o'clock tonight. And as Anthony says, like everything in life, the wheel turns and we move on and sure no time we'll be here frazzled or freezing on the 21st well mind you we've been freezing in June what'll it be like in December late lunch LMFM radio just to tee up somebody coming our way a little later in the show Vetchinade Kelly is here I see your questions popping in already send them to me 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text if you want to ask Sinead a question short break back in a moment on your late lunch time to hear from our smart shopper on late lunch Miss Louise Walsh (laughs) hello again Hello, Jerry. Was I really giving out all morning, was I? You were. Okay. <laughs> but try no days like that too. You know yourself. The cost of bread in Tesco really yeah. alarms you, doesn't it? Well, it was six... Well, this is Tesco's own brand. Yes. Slice pan or toaster bread or whatever it is. Mm. 69 cent it was a few months ago. Okay. Then I think it went up to around 90, something like that. Okay. So I went in last Friday. Mm. One euro fifteen. When you're 15, like, I'm sorry, I know energy costs have gone up and I know prices have gone up, but I I, I don't know. 69 cent quite recently, a euro and 15 now. Mm. Ain't surprised. I've noticed it in shopping certain items as well. You certainly can see the price rise, but that is huge. That's that's a huge, huge jump as yeah. well. And we know everything is on the rise and fuel and energy and everything is more expensive. Labour is going to cost more as well. But that is a, a bit big jump, isn't it? I did query it with Tesco. And? I have to admit. Um, I'll, I'll, I will find the exact they, what they said. But they basically said, well, we are working hard with our suppliers to ensure that customers get a good deal. Mm, mm. Well, Same somebody more. got a great deal as well. Tell them the little uh, addendum <sighs> to your price watch. Okay, so I went out and I put the shopping in the car and brought back the trolley. And as I was putting the trolley back into the trolley bay, Mm. I noticed a bag in another trolley that was wedged in among the trolleys. Mm. And somebody had obviously gone to the trouble of getting a trolley, shopping in Tesco, 
putting their shopping back in the trolley and taking a bag of empty bottles and cans out of their car and putting it into the trolley and then putting the trolley back into the loading into the bay. What? So they, they put their bag of empty bottles into the trolley and then put locked the trolley into the bay. With their dump in it. With their dump in it, yeah. Doesn't that really go what, to new heights? Like? What kind of a person would do that? Who who would do something like that? Because not far away from where you are there, there are bins mm. that you can put your bottles into and recycle. That you would do that, that somebody working there has to come out, pick that up and deal with it. There's no, takes it to new levels. There's no depths of depravity that the dumpers won't descend to, I have to say. There really isn't when you hear something like that. Now, yesterday we were talking to Jen about the dread of summer holidays. She's a mum of seven children and she's been writing about it in the Irish Times yesterday. I knew we had the panacea today and the answers to our worries because she's back with us in studio on late lunch. Delighted to say hello again to Siobhan O'Neill White from mams.ie. Welcome, Siobhan. Thank you. It's lovely to be back. Great to have you with us on the show. Well, you know, it is just in general terms, you know it as a mother yourself, you hear it from your group as well. It's a different scenario when they're off, isn't it, entirely? Yeah, you change your job title from mammy to referee. So you become a ref, you stop being a mammy and you end up just breaking up fights all summer long. And it's already started because the teenagers are off. Um, And Louise was saying to me, I could come in studio or do it over the phone. I was like, oh no, I'll come in studio and I'm going to leave those stroppy teenagers at home. (laughs) They're probably killing each other, but my phone is on silent and I don't need to worry about it. Um, And I know so many other mammies, when I said that about changing to ref, they were like, yes, it's me, it's me. So we're all feeling the same way. So we need to give you some ideas for things to do on the rainy days and then the warm days. Well, let's talk about rainy days and home and garden when it brightens up a little bit. But in the home environment, there's lots can be done. Yeah, I mean, there's really simple things like, you know, just set out um, a couple of newspapers and let them paint or colour. Let them get a little bit messy. You know, my granny would always say a dirty child is a happy child. So I, I, I don't like the mess myself. So just prepare. Get one of those tablecloth things that you can wash and put it down and let them at it. And I love, my kids love to do like paint in seashells and paint in stones. And we'll collect them on the beach and, and stuff like that and bring them home and paint them. Totally free. Keeps them occupied for ages. Last year, actually during one of the lockdowns, I got them to paint the flags of countries onto stones, I swear. It took hours. It was the best thing ever. So if you set them a crazy challenge like that, they'll sometimes they'll take it really seriously and you might get a bit of quiet. <laughs> that's a, that's a great one. That is a great idea. Yeah. It and it's took, endless. You know what I mean? You uh, can yeah, keep going you can do anything. Going. Animals, yeah. anything. And it just took them. They took, they were doing flags for countries I'd never even heard of. It was great. <laughs> so that was really good. Um, we came across this brilliant game. Again, we came across this in lockdown, but we've done it a good few times since. And that's, I suppose that's how good it is and it's called Cards Against Humanity it's from an Irish company called neverboard.ie and it's never b-o-a-r-d.ie they sell all board games they play on it yes very clever Um, this card this card game so you sit around the table everybody has cards and somebody reads a sentence but the sentence is not finished and then everyone around the table has a card and then they pick from their cards how they want to end the sentence and it gets really funny really silly my kids absolutely love it and my brother-in-law was staying with us a couple of weeks ago and he was like can we play that game again so Cards Against Humanity now I have to say there's a family friendly version and then there's a non-family friendly okay. so be very careful get to family. get the right one with your kids Yes, um, that's really really fun 
Um, there's a if you're driving along the motorway at the moment, you see all the pictures with the bees on them. Yes, pictures of bees everywhere, and that's asking people and encouraging people save the bees. So one thing we're going to do this summer, we were up in um, Black's Garden Centre last week. We are going to create a little bee-friendly plot in our garden, and the kids are planting the wildflowers. So far enough away from the deck and that they won't sting us, but also. They look lovely, all the wildflowers, the poppies and all that look beautiful, but we've the kids involved and like, you know, look at the heat and look at the rain and look at the way the weather is at the moment. Like we really Mm. have to consider the impact that we're having on our environment. So I think on a lot of my neighbours I've seen planting the wildflowers. And so that's a project that we're going to do and the kids are involved and they're all about, Mammy, look at the the bee on the motorway, we're saving the bees. So... You know, when you see things like that, question it and find out why there are all these pictures of bees everywhere and ask your kids because they're going to be interested and they're going to want to know. Mm. So again, it doesn't cost a lot. Not at all. And, and yeah. when you're talking about outdoors, you know, the, you, you have the toys. You've had to have children of different ages in the yeah. past from one to the other. I was just laughing. We were talking before yeah. we went on. I, I, I just thought about it. A, a, a tub of bubbles. Oh, listen, we so yesterday summer, uh, my youngest, we got uh, there's a website called Kaledy.com, K-A-L-I-E-D-Y.com. It's Irish and it's all kids and babies and stuff, but they have a sale on all their summer toys. So we ordered a bubble fish and a bubble blaster um, and they were one of them was 11 99 it was reduced to like 950 or something like that they were great they were really not expensive two hours she yesterday was a beautiful day she spent two hours in the garden blowing bubbles with her little blaster and the others would come out intermittently and like pop a few bubbles with her there was no fighting there's something about bubbles like it's the most simple thing I love them I mean she just for two hours she was in the garden making bubbles when my no, grandchildren so come Siobhan if you saw yeah. me out there you'd say that has lost the plot and remember you can top up with the washing up liquid oh yeah you can, you can do that and you can even buy like in Mr Price and places like that you can buy a big tub of like bubble liquid which is basically washed up liquid <laughs> but it comes in a big massive tub you fill up your bubble blaster bubble fish whatever it is but like for under a tenner and I've got loads of little nieces and nephews and they go mad for bubbles so that is so check that out. There's a really good summer sale on their toys. And it's okay. a good idea to have, like if you have, you know, three, four-year-olds, things like the sand and water table, those kind of toys, not expensive. You can pick, um, but I will say, get them now. Yeah. Because by July, you will not be able to get them. Every year they sell out. So get them now before the kids finish school and before they finish play too school. True, true. The sand table. I never yeah. thought of it on the building of the castles and, and all that goes along that. So love that. you can look at, create your own uh, uh, theme park in your back garden for fun. We, it's were, we were doing egg and spoon races yesterday. Mm. But because of the price of living, I wouldn't be using real eggs now, Jerry. I wouldn't be, wouldn't be letting them waste the owl eggs. <laughs> but you just but you buy the little box and I bought. we got one with a sack race, an egg and spoon race and a three-legged race all in the one box for like a tenner and uh, we'd grey crack with that so the eggs do fall off but like they're not going to break um, again it's and I just have a box in, in the back of the house just full of kind of summer toys they take out whatever and then they forget they had things from last year we yes. have even we have like um, what do you call them things that you, like we've bowling we've like garden bowling and stuff mm. Jenga They'll mm. sit in the grass. So the kids, and once there's a couple of them together and they're playing with their friends and whatever, they're delighted to have things like that. There's loads of way of whiling around the time. Yeah. Now talk to me about, you know, what's free on our doorsteps that you can take them to. 
Well, you know, you know where it's lovely, actually. Ardgill and Castle is gorgeous and that's free. And there is a really great where you park in the car park up at the top and you have to walk down a hill. But if you're under the age of 10 or 30 or 40, you can roll down that hill. <laughs> so I've rolled down that hill many times as a child. <laughs> Once or twice as a mummy, and um, that's like really good fun. Um, I would say someone with severe hay fever do not roll down the hill because my nephew didn't enjoy it as much as me. Mm. But that was like, and the kids were like, "You're making a show of us." But then we were all doing it, and they were having, they didn't care because yes. we were having so much fun. There's a lovely flower garden. You're overlooking the sea. It's a great place to pack a picnic. It's a beautiful place. Um, the beaches can get very, very busy. I, did, I have to say this. I always say this. It really, it's so distressing when you see people drinking and eating and then leaving their rubbish on mm. the beach. Like, seriously, mm. pick it up. There's bins everywhere. Thank you for saying Bring that. Bring it home. There's actually big, huge plastic bottles on the end of the beaches now. It's like a huge, big plastic bottle that you put your plastic bottle into. into. There's no reason. There's no reason to leave your rubbish on the beach. You're killing all the, the fishes and the animals and just please just stop doing it. Just yes. And um, what kind of example are you setting for your children? Of course, of course. And remember, look at the beaches we have from We're right so up lucky. North Louth down to the uh, the coastline of Meath here into yeah. North County Dublin, as you say there. There's yeah. any amount and, and so many. to be enjoyed there. And be really careful as well because... We were on the beach two years ago and my, my youngest was there and, and the kids went into the water and they didn't go in very far and I was at the edge of the water and I wasn't going in that day for female reasons, let's just say. But the, my daughter stepped in a little hole and the water went right up to her neck very, very quickly. So you really can't take your eyes off children for mm. a second. And mm. I ran in and I got her straight in and she mm. was absolutely fine. But it was a panicky moment for me. So make sure you go somewhere that is... Yeah, there is a lifeguard. Make sure that you're watching your children all the time. Every year you hear it. You hear Mm. some tragic story. Don't take your eyes off them and especially small children. Currents are are just, they'll kill you. They'll pull you under and you're dead. You have to be careful. Lilos, letting them out with these inflatable things or ducks or anything. Siobhan is right with his currents. Just be careful with that. But loads of beaches to go to. You mentioned Ard Gillen. I know near to us here you have uh, Old Bridge Houses just out the road there. Oh, Old Bridge, actually. Drihid Arts, every year they put on open air theatre and on the 2nd of July they're doing an open air Cinderella. So you pack a picnic, you go along and you've open air theatre in Oldbridge. It's €58 for a family ticket, which I think is really good for a family. It's early in the evening. It's very child friendly. So you get your blanket on the grass and you experience Cinderella and the costumes and everything. It looks fabulous. Mm. So like that is obviously that's a great place to go on any day of the week. Um, But that is really I mean, that is a really nice experience for a family. And Old Bridge is just across. uh, Old Bridge is there and across from Old Bridge Townley Hall is beside you there. And there are beautiful walks right across County Meath. Uh, up into North yeah. Loud, Mid Loud. There's free walks, free woods, you know, lovely places just, to go. I mean, I'll always just say, make sure you know where you're going. Mm. Make sure you have plenty of water because even when it's a dull day, you get dehydrated very quickly. Make sure you have raincoats packed and things like that. Like, don't just go out in your shorts and T-shirt. Bring sun cream, bring water. It's uh, it's very easy to forget these things. So just maybe keep a few spare sun creams and things like that in the car. Yes. I'd always keep a few spare in the car because there's always a day you leave the house and you're going somewhere and you realise, ah, flip, I forgot to put the sun cream mm. on the kids. So just have spares, you know, yes. just be... Because you, honestly... Uh, 
you don't want them getting burned. It's just, it's so nasty. I have to mention Balrath Wood in Mead. It's, uh, if you go out across by the lake there, Balrath. and it's, it's a lovely wood there, so it is as well. Now, what about yeah. where you, you, you may have to pay a few euros? Where is the value to take families right. for days out? You need to look for value. So, with terms of places like the zoo and places like that, look in the newspapers, look for offers online. There's always, you'll see even on the Kellogg's boxes, sometimes they do offers for Dublin Zoo where the adult goes free and they just have to pay for the kids. So, do look for the offers before you go and I love the zoo and I love to support the zoo because they do great work with all the animals in there Um, the Ark Cinema does a really good deal for two adults and two kids or one adult and three kids you get your entry your popcorn your sweets your drinks everything is 39.95 so you know exactly I'm going to spend that much money so you're, that's it your budget is set and that's for the sweets and everything for the kids that's a really good deal we are hosting some parent and baby movie mornings at the Ark again we only started up because we can and this Friday we're hosting a screening of Elvis the new Elvis I can't wait the Baz Luhrmann Elvis it looks amazing so anybody with a baby or a toddler come along we'll be at the Ark from around half nine ten and the movie's at half ten there's a lift for buggies. The seats are all leather and recliner, so if the baby pukes, you're grand, you just wipe it off. And they recline so the baby can hopefully go asleep. And there's space in the screen for buggies. We make it... I have to say, the ARC came to me before they opened, when they were in build stages, to ask us, how can we make this place as family-friendly as possible? Mm. And we were, we were working with them the whole time before they opened. So they really tried to make it... The lights are dimmed and the sound is a bit lower than usual. It's a really comfortable experience to go, especially if you have a small child. It's Getting a babysitter is not easy. Uh, uh, that's simply brilliant. What about yeah. Sky Park? I love Sky Park. I know you uh, do. Yeah, yeah, you do. Yeah, yeah. We went to Sky Park a few years ago <laughs> when did. I was doing the Lose Way Field Race. <laughs> and Jerry Kelly could be... I'm on the zip wire. And I, as I'm, I'm about to go, I can hear Jerry Kelly saying... She'll never do it. She hasn't. She hasn't. And, I, and then I went by and I was streaming over his head. I told you I'd do it. Um, my it's children thought that was hilarious. Fantastic. It's up it's in uh, Carlingford. It's yeah. just lovely. And actually, look on Mams.Ireland Facebook page. We're giving away a family pass for Sky Park at the moment. So that is a really good one to have. Thank you for joining me on the show today. Siobhan O'Neill White from Mams.ie. Loads to ponder there. Lots to be done. You won't be uh, mm. idle at all this summer. We can promise you that. Thanks again for Thanks, dropping Jerry. in. Take care. Bye-bye. Now, it's time for our two on Tuesday on Late Lunch. The song is What Have I Done to Deserve This by the Pet Shop Boys and Dusty Springfield. It was released on the 10th of August 1987. It revived Dusty's career. It made its number two in the USA and the UK. And in the UK, it stayed there for two weeks. It came in at number 10. It was two, it was two, and then it went down the charts. Here it is. Our two on Tuesday. Two on Tuesday, Pet Shop Boys and Dusty Springfield. I love that song. I really do. And Dusty, oh my God, what a voice. What a voice. Number two, UK and USA. We're always talking about the UK charts here, which was the chart. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax and think about... Work. 
You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Start, of course. So, Louise, you have it on standby. There was a song that kept it from number one. Let's have a listen. the number one and that uh, was number one Louise for weeks on end that massive hit from Rick Astley prevented what have I done to deserve this from making it to number one what do you think what was number two last week uh, you remember that, that that also beat Um, I don't know I uh, don't know I just I know I don't know I think they're both good songs they're this week they're both very good they? songs they are yeah. they are last week I, I don't think no it was clear last week yeah. I can't even remember I don't remember what I had for me breakfast never mind me asking yeah, you asking me what was on late lunch last week but anyway <laughs> last week no but this week they're two very good mm. songs I, I, only I'll, for Rick Astley was there up. would you yeah I'll go pet shop yeah because it's on my playlist when I'm out walking there you go yeah. so the end of the walk keeps saying what have I done to deserve this <laughs> 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 re-release it re-release it just look what happened to Kate Bush it went to number one you never never know but a terrific song it was anyway that's your two on Tuesday this uh, Midsummer's Day you have breaking news you were talking about the price of the sliced pan in Tesco and it's just broken tell us what you, you've heard bread. Yeah, yeah. there's a new report, uh, it's breaking news on the independent.ie that it is a new European report reveals just how much prices in Ireland are soaring above the EU average. Prices here are 40% higher than across the European Union. 40%. This has to be looked at. Price gouging, it's called. It has to be looked at. I'm not saying some are certainly justified and you can understand why, Mm. but that 
that indicates there's something really, really wrong and needs to be investigated. A listener saying to us, Jerry, every single supplier in Ireland, uh, just come into us there, is jumping on the bandwagon. I work in a pharmacy and I see items increasing on a weekly basis. For example, paid medication has increased from 5.90 to 7.70. Where will it end? Government intervention has to happen. It's a free for all, says a listener to us on late lunch this afternoon. It, it, it does strike me uh, that there is profiteering, certainly, if it's investigated. Yeah. But ha- they need to do really do something about it and do something about it fast, the, w- the way it's going. You know, where will it end, as, as that message says to us there? It, it just keeps going up and up and spiralling upwards all of the time. And it's all very sudden. Do you know, like, it can't mm. be that much spikes and that has passed down to us so quickly. Mm. Oh, listen... Uh, uh, tell me when prices are dropped instantaneously when even with fuel and everything but by God if there's a whiff of anything up and up they go we have and, to and mention Deirdre oh. from Kells uh, thanks Deirdre what did she say she made us laugh she says that the only thing coming down at the minute is the rain you're so right <laughs> you're so right it is the only thing and, and, and you're spot on with that one there but look at the end of the day, you know, it's it's getting tougher all the time and it, surely there has to be a ceiling. And one thing I will say, do you ever remember in your lifetime prices going backwards? Never. I don't either. I mean, honestly, I never... Repre- houses, right, yeah, houses did on the crash. I take that back. Houses certainly did. But certainly when fuel rises and food and that, seldom I think you see it ever going in a backward direction. It might come down very... Mm. You know, by five cents or something, but not to what it was. No, no, they, they never. The foot is in the door, and the price is established, and it's very hard to go backwards. If you have anything to say, do get in touch with us. Oh eight six eighteen hundred six five eight by WhatsApp or text. Up next on the show, it's one of our regulars. It's Vetchinade Kelly. I am delighted to say hello again to Vetchinade Kelly. Hi, Sinead. Hi, Jerry. How are you? I'm really good. Thanks for taking our call again today. Let me ask you this question to start that's just come in from Mary in the last half hour. And if you want to ask Sinead a question, 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. Mary has a 13-year-old Jack Russell who never went upstairs. She's in a two-storey house, but has for the last six weeks every night, but is really out of breath when they get up there. And Mary's worried, Sinead. Yeah, okay, so Mary needs to make an appointment with the with the vet really in the next day or so. If the dog is getting out of breath going up the stairs, we would be concerned is there maybe a little issue going on with the heart or with the lungs. So that's going to definitely need a vet check um, and there's lots of things that can be done. The vet can try and find out what's causing the problem um, and then once they make a diagnosis, they can they can get the dog on some medication to, to make things a little bit better. Obviously, you know, heart disease or, or significant lung disease in an old dog is, is important as it is in a human. Um, but there are things we can do to try and help and, and make things manageable and to make um, you know the, the job of the heart and the lungs as, as, as easy for the dog to manage as possible. So don't just discount it, uh, don't just ignore it um, and don't think, oh my God, this is a disaster. But you need to go and get it investigated and find out probably you know, with definitely clinical exam, maybe some blood work and some x-rays and then the vet will come up with a plan for you. Very good. Now, here's one, and it's an interesting one, type of an unusual one. Thank you for sending it in to us. It says, Jerry, we're relatively new rabbit owners. We have two girls, and we're delighted with them. But we're really worried when we read about myxomatosis. Uh, would you ask Sinead uh, what we need to do to prevent them getting yeah, it? Yeah, so there's vaccinations available for rabbits against myxomatosis and another disease called VHD, or viral hemorrhagic disease. So um, these vaccines are available in all the vets. So 
contact the local vet, get the rabbits registered for a little health check, uh, get them checked out, see they're all okay, uh, also check what gender they are, because sometimes rabbits can be difficult to tell what gender they are, um, and get them vaccinated, and they'll need annual boosters as well, um, and discuss sometimes about neutering and things. So, you know, we can do lots and lots now with, with kind of preventative um, health treatment and everything for rabbits. So give your local vet a shout and get the rabbit registered and get your vaccine started. Because, you know, unfortunately, even if the rabbits do not go outside, um, we, if we're out and about in the countryside, uh, myxomatosis and VHC can spread in kind of secretions from rabbits. So we might inadvertently have stuff on our shoes or anything like that. So definitely, definitely along to the vet and get a little protocol booked up for getting the rabbits all sorted. Thank you, Sinead. Now, Patsy, thanks for your message to us today on Late Lunch. Just popped in. Jerry, we're kenneling our dog for the first time since prior to the pandemic. That's over three years ago. And we're really worried about separation anxiety uh, because the dog hasn't been anywhere in that time. Can you ask, Sinead, uh, is there anything we can do? Yeah, so there's quite a lot of things. I mean, what I would say um, is maybe if uh, is contact the kennels and arrange maybe a little trial visit, even for half a day or one night overnight, so the, the dog gets used to being in the surroundings and knows that you're coming back the next day. That's one thing you can do. Um, so speak to them about arranging a little visit. Um, a thing that's a very useful is a thing called a DAPI collar. So DAPI stands for Dog Appeasing Pheromone. You can get these um, either in the vets or in the very big pet stores. And they produce this Dog Appeasing Pheromone, which kind of produces kind of calming pheromones to help the dog relax and calm down and, and a lot of say the big organisations the big rehoming centres every dog that comes in gets a dappy collar to kind of try and calm them so that's something that will be very very helpful as well speak to the kennel and say look you know this little guy this is what he likes what he doesn't like make sure you bring the dog's own food in um, ask the kennel can you bring the dog's own bed in and maybe bring some toys in so there's lots of reassurance and familiar smells uh, some people often leave in like they're a jumper or a coat or something that smells of them and the dog is used to them and they often the dog just likes lying on that in the bed something like that so lots of little reassuring things um, and start off with a little small visit your dappy collar and j- just be honest with the kennels and say you're a little bit worried um, the, the good kennels the really good kennels they will have no problem if you ask them they should be happy every day to send you a little picture on WhatsApp or a little email of the dog and how the dog's doing even a video uh, I used to have a, a place that would send me little videos of Cleo every day um, as well as a little update and I know you, some people think well that's crazy but you know the people out there who are like me and you who are obsessed and the dogs are our babies you're going to want to know everything's okay and it makes such a difference and when you see your dog out there playing having fun you just relax a whole lot as well so you know I would definitely say get a good feel for the kennels um, you know visit have a chat look at their website and if you're not happy find somewhere else you know definitely Let's have a question about a cat. I'm scrapes and scratches everywhere. My cat's nails certainly need cutting. Could I take this on myself? you could like I cut our own cat's claws but it's still a two person job so even if you have a helper presuming you have a helper and a nice pair of nail clippers from the pet shop um, you can certainly attempt it if your cat is a kind of cat that's not a hissy scratchy stroppy cat if they are that kind of way I would definitely just make an appointment at the vets it's not going to be very expensive if it's just for the nail clip you can phone up and make an appointment and the nurses will do that or it'll be like a minor consultation it won't be expensive at all but it is possible to get very badly scratched or even bitten by a cat if you're cutting their nails and you don't really know what they're doing what you're doing or if they're a cat that's a bit stressy so I think especially if you've never done it before make an appointment say it's just for nail clip and then see yourself what the cat is like ask the staff ask the 
nurse with a vet, well, do you think I could do this at home? They will be able to assess the cat's personality and say, well, yeah, I think you could, or no way, don't even try it. But, you know, you can get nasty injuries. So I definitely would, would get some professional advice, first of all, see how they do it. Um, often a very good technique for, for cats is to wrap them up in, in a big, big towel um, and get one little leg out at a time. But I think if you try and do that yourself without having seen it done and without listening to what the vet or the nurse says as to whether they think you can do this or not, I think that's going to be potentially a disaster. So I would definitely make approach your veterinary clinic and, and get started with the wee appointment first and say, look, I'd like to do this myself in the future. Is that possible? Could you show me? And they might go, oh, my God, no. <laughs> or they might go, yeah, maybe you could. And they could help you with that. Thanks, Sinead. Back to the pooches. This last week or so, Jerry, our dog is shaking her head an awful lot of the time and you can hear her ears flapping oh. uh, when she does it. We've checked round the ears, don't see anything on toward. Would Sinead have an idea what's up? Yeah, so a few things. I definitely need to go and see the vet. So at this time of year, um, you can have something very acute onset so they can get a little foreign body in an ear canal. So you can get like a little grass on or a barley on or something can get stuck down the ear. Um, um, and so in that case, you might not see anything outside the ear at all. Um, or you can just get like what we call an otitis externa or an, an inflammation of the external ear canal, especially dogs with floppy ears. Um, essentially, ears are lined by skin. And if the skin gets a bit hot or wet or sweaty just because of, of life and floppy ears and it being warm outside, maybe if they go swimming, um, maybe if they're a bit stressed, maybe if they're prone to skin allergies, something happens to upset the balance in that little ecosystem in the ear lining and so once the balance is upset the ear gets inflamed this causes the, the little bacteria that live down there in healthy numbers they start having a little party multiplying out of control the little yeast have a little party they multiply out of control the dog scratches because it's itchy this makes the infection worse makes the itch worse makes the inflammation worse and it goes on and on and on and before you know it in the space of like even a few hours a dog can go from having a normal ear to having an ear that is really really painful itchy and you may see something on the outside you may see something if you peer down into a little external ear orifice um, or you may see nothing at all. Dogs with, with very severe ear disease, sometimes the, the signs extend out the ear flap, what we call the pinna, so that little floppy bit of the ear. But just because you see nothing, don't presume it's all okay. You definitely should get that checked out. If it's something like a foreign body, then if it, that's not removed, it could puncture the eardrum and that could cause problems. And even on the basis of, look, it's going to be really uncomfortable, they're shaking their head because it feels itchy and sore. And, and I don't know anyone who's ever had an ear infection themselves. The human, it's one of the most painful, painful things ever. So, so definitely, you know, don't think, oh, it's just a bit of an itchy ear. Go to the vet, get an appointment as soon as possible and get it investigated. Most of them are very easily resolved. We get the ears cleaned out. We get some pain relief. We can get some topical ear treatment. Sometimes we need to have systemic meds as well. Or sometimes we might need to do a little bit of sedation and have a little look down and make sure there's nothing else going on. Make sure there's no foreign body. Sometimes, as I say, it's linked to allergic skin disease but definitely, definitely you need to go and see the vet. Very important to get that done. Ear pain and they can't tell you. Finally today, Sinead, we had our spaniel uh, groomed yesterday and I have to say, he looks like a sheared sheep. <laughs> um, okay. Well, I would say, good. 
Okay, because the function of grooming the dog should not be for them all to look like fancy French poodles. It should be functionality. So at this time of year, when it's hot and sweaty, um, you know, they're just better having a short coat. Number one, they'll be cooler. Number two, it makes it much less likely that they'll get kind of, you know, severe skin disease or, or any problems if they have any kind of allergies or anything like that. So if you're just not happy with the look of it, then I think the next time you go to the, to the groomers, go with a little picture of what you would like the dog to look like. Um, but I would say if the dog has just come out shorn like a sheep, okay, might not be what you want looking in crufts, but from the dog's point of view, it's great because they're going to get much better airflow. The skin will be nice and cool. If you imagine the dogs that maybe don't go to the groomers or don't get clipped, year-round, it's the same as them wearing their heavy winter coat in this summer weather. Do you know? So obviously we'd be yes. really uncomfortable like that. Um, so I understand a lot of owners, and owners are different, and some people, you know, definitely the way the dog looks is very, very important. So I understand if you're thinking, oh, he doesn't look the way I want him to look. Well, but I think, you know, maybe you didn't specify that to the groomer in the first place. And I wouldn't be a groomer for all the money in the world because it's difficult. It's a bit like when you go to the hairdressers. The hairdresser wants to get it right for you and, and you as the, the client, you want your hair to look a certain way. So I think if, if the appearance is important to you, then go with a little picture and an idea to the, hair, to the groomers as you would to the hairdressers. But from the dog's point of view, it doesn't matter. It's actually best just nice and short. And as well, like I remember the spangles I had, especially when I was younger and before Cleo, with the long feathering at the back of the legs, they'd come in from a walk and you'd have snails in there, half a tree, a bit of fern, you know, God knows what coming out of their legs. When the hair is short, you don't get all that awfulness coming back in. So, so yeah, I, I wouldn't be too, I wouldn't be too cross with the groomers. And next time, just think, right, I need to treat this like an actual hairdressing appointment if I want my dog to look like a certain way. I love it. Practical advice as usual. Sinead, thank you so much for joining us. Until the next time, take care. You're very welcome. Talk to you soon, Jerry. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That's Sinead Kelly there. All comers dealt with. She's simply brilliant. You're with Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. Okay, Louise, you're more savvy about this than me. Me being an absolute rookie, newcomer, (laughs) virgin watcher, whatever way you like to describe me. Love Island. Who's going tonight? Who's going out? I was just thinking, Jerry. You know the way Love Island, the whole thing is. I got a text. Yes. Five to nine every night, the last few nights. It's me that can say that. I get a text and I look at it and it's from you going, are you going to watch tonight? <laughs> don't be don't be giving away our secrets, please. Anyways, come on, you you're more savvy than me. I'll tell you what I did last night. I was smart. I was busy. I was busy and I was smart. What I did was um, you had told me there was somebody being kicked off or one person did you say or two I can't no, no, remember I actually thought there was one well, last yeah, it's, night it's, it's actually, it's actually two isn't it two's going to be kicked off I think tonight mm. anyway a boy and a girl I was busy and I, I knew it's on plus one but the, the original show from nine to ten at almost five to ten I ran in and put it on <laughs> and just watched what happened and the blackguards they ended the show without kicking anybody off. I hate that too. Yeah. Anyway, there's two of them to go tonight. You have your tips for ejection. Who's going to be kicked off? Well, the boys are Andrew, Ikenna and Jay. Now, I know the Ikenna. Uh, I don't really know Andrew and Jay. They don't ring a bell with me. Okay. Amber, Ekansu and Tasha. Right, yes. So I reckon Amber will go tonight. Okay. Because her man, who's, I think he's Irish. I think he's a Dublin fella. Yeah. Um, has kind of fallen for another girl in there. Okay. Who is partnered with Ikenna. Mm. So they could go, but... Go on. 
if I was the producer in the show, yes. I'd leave Ikenna in there to cause a bit of eruptions. Okay. You know, if the two of them exit, it makes it too easy for the other two right. to get together. So who's going? Um, Amber and Ikenna. I'd say Amber and Andrew because purely for the fact I don't know who Andrew is. Okay. But I'd say Amber because Ekansu is great in there for stirring things. Oh. And Tash is just nice. Oh, she, she, she's a cougar, that Ekansu. There's no yeah, doubt about she's that. she's great, isn't she's she? She's kind of cause bedlam. But uh, I, I, I don't know how I'm watching it. I, I stumbled across, as I said, and um, anyway, people will be giving out to me and everything. But you look, it, it's it, it's you a bit know, of... You never know, there might be a golfer brought into it. <laughs> <laughs> you might get in more interest into it. <laughs> will it be a rebel golfer or one of the ones that's sticking with the old traditional golf let's wait and see anyway they won't be bringing Tiger Woods in <laughs> <laughs> nod nod wink wink uh, you know what I mean anyway he's getting ready for the Open Championship that's coming up the next of the majors coming in July back at St Andrews oh Louise the greatest the home of golf, St Andrews in Scotland, I have to say. You were there, weren't you? I've been lucky enough to play it. Yes, I have. And uh, I've been there on a number of occasions. I stayed there, went on a holiday there, stayed round it on weekends as well and day trips or whatever. Saw the Open Championship there last time it was there. We went over, did I tell you this? We went over to the last time I think the Open was there. We flew over, myself and Jared. Out we went. We were there early in the morning. Uh, two uh, sets of golfers teed off. They played about 15 minutes and there was no more golf for the day. <laughs> we saw no well, golf. We had to fly home. The whole day was abandoned. But we, we enjoyed it. We were it was, watching yeah. the golfers. They all came out and practised and talked to us and everything. They were very kind. Anyway, a little and bit of trivia. was a day with your son. It was a great day. One to remember always. Now, my soundtrack this week is Yellow Submarine, the Beatles animated movie. And basically the story of the movie. It's set in a music-loving paradise under the sea called Pepperland, which is attacked by the music-hating blue meanies. Oh, they're mean, all right. The yellow submarine, it's parked by, is sent by the Lord Mayor of Pepperland to Liverpool, no less, where the Fab Four are persuaded to return to that place below the sea where music is under attack. The Beatles become Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club band who confront the meanies. And they prevail. Of course they do. Saving the day for music lovers the world over and in Pepperland in particular. It all sounds so complicated, but it's simple really, I can assure you. Made on a miserly budget, the movie was, yes, of £250,000. Well, that was small. But at the time, in its immediate aftermath, it turned over £1.25 million. Um, and not bad, and I'm sure it's made more money since. Following a couple of Beatles turkeys on the big screen, this one proved successful and the Beatles themselves loved it. Today, this one, with love from me to you, honestly. Simply brilliant. The Beatles from me to you on your late lunch from Yellow Submarine. Did you know that that song was the Beatles' first number one hit on what became known as the official UK singles chart? It was the second after Please Please Me on most other singles charts published in the UK at the time. But on the official charts, that was their first number one. Just 
there singing it out on the top of my head. I was and enjoying it and thinking that next year that song will be 60 years old, released 60 years ago, 2023. And it's timeless. It really is timeless. And people often ask you, you know, when we're out having a point and having a bit of crack and trivia, you know, who was the best football team ever? Brazil in my book, the team of 1970. No team will ever hold a candle to them. We're talking about this recently. You know, who was the best footballer of all time? Pele in my book, without a doubt. Musically, who were the greatest group of all time? The Beatles, it has to be. It has to be The Beatles and nobody else. You know the thing I'm talking about? Your favourite movie of all time. Mine, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, without doubt. It's a movie I've rewatched and would rewatch again. I love that type of thing. I love to hear other people's uh, number ones and best as well. You know what I'm getting at. Anyway, that's a little bit about the Beatles today and more tomorrow uh, when I feature another song and more about the movie Yellow Submarine. I remember seeing him for the first time play and a number of occasions subsequently just admire him. And I knew this fellow was going places and he joins us from London this afternoon. He's a brilliant saxophonist. Robert Finnegan. Hello again. Hi, Jerry. How's it going? Good. It's been a while since we, we've talked, for sure. It has <laughs> been a while and a lot of water under the bridge. Uh, take us back and forward, Robert, just for our listeners. What has you in London? When did you move there? What are you up to? Yeah, so I'm uh, a saxophone player, a musician, uh, originally from RD. And I've been in London now the last three years, if you can imagine. And... Um, so I came over here to study my master's in, in music performance in Royal College. And yeah, I've uh, I've graduated last year and been working, this is my career now, and kind of working freelance, doing a lot of teaching and playing. And um, yeah, so that's, that's what I'm doing at the minute. Yeah, it's all con- congratulations very, very to you. It's all good. It really is. And you mentioned three years and you arrive and then you're in this blinking pandemic and all the yeah, restrictions. Yeah, interesting brought. time. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it was interesting. <laughs> Study-wise, performance-wise and everything. But you, you, you're over and over the hump now and out the other side. When you look back, did, did you have, you know, second thoughts? Did you ever think of coming back? But of course you wanted to complete your qualification, I understand. Yeah, it was it was a definitely a difficult one um, because obviously, like in in times like that, you want to be at home and you want mm. to be with your family. Mm. But um, yeah, as you say, I, I was still doing my studies, and we were kind of halfway online, halfway in person, and it was as, as we all know, it was kind of ever changing. So yeah. you never knew if next week you had a, a you could have had a, an in person exam and trying to fly back and fly. Yes. Like, it's difficult enough flying Mm. now, but uh, in the middle of it all, it was um, very, very tricky. But I was really lucky that I had had a lot of friends kind of stayed around, and I um, kept myself busy. My teacher definitely kept me busy with a lot of practice. And, um, and yeah, I started started doing a lot of things, and, and like, I started running and uh, doing a lot of kind of rehearsing with different people like I happen to be living in the same place as the harpist that I work with and we got a lot of chances to rehearse together 
Okay. Um, so that was that was quite a useful time yes. because you see, there's you a sil- re- yeah, there's a silver lining. You know, that, that, no matter what the situation is in life, it brings other opportunities, and and that's what you're explaining to me there. Now, the reason you're yeah. with me today, let's get to the point here. <laughs> you are in the process of bringing out uh, an EP, a folk music EP. It'll be called Beginnings, I believe, uh, later yeah. this year. Who's this guy you're working with, Claudio Viscardi? So, uh, Claudio is um, my duo partner's um, father. Mm. So, we're working with visual artists, we're collaborating with visual artists. So, uh, Claudio is Tara's dad, and we're also working with my dad, Ken, Ken Finnegan. Okay. Um, and Sarah Stokes, and then Joe Lewis as well. So, they're both British visual artists. And what we're doing is connecting our music through um, QR codes and we'll print, basically, it'll be available on streaming platforms, all of our music, but also people can buy uh, a 12 by 12 inch print Mm. of one of these artists and there'll be a little QR code in the corner that people can scan and get access to all of our music. They can download it, they can access it on streaming platforms and also if you buy the print, You'll get a bit more added, um, um, bit more added information, and you get some interviews with us and some behind the scenes kind of things as well. Yes. Just as a kind of a, a thank you for supporting the artists, mm. because obviously the streaming platforms are our streaming platforms. Um, but yeah, so it's it's very very exciting. Where all the music is folk music, as you say, but it's in different contexts. So folk music from the UK and Ireland. So each country from the UK and Ireland. And we have new commissions. We have a, a commission by a, an Irish composer, Irish harpist Anne-Marie O'Farrell, who actually was one of our lecturers in TU Dublin Conservatory. Both of us studied in, in TU Dublin okay. for our undergrads. Um, so it's great working with her as well, Anne-Marie O'Farrell. Um, and then the other ones are, like some of them are old, very old Baroque, um, versions of uh, Scottish folk tunes and then there's some kind of more modern arrangements by Benjamin Britten and then our own kind of arrangements as well, adaptations and it's just different contexts of the folk music that a lot of us kind of grew up learning and, and knowing and loving so we're really really excited to kind mm. of record mm. it So the music is provided by the pair of you and the visual arts by others and it's married together and it goes out across the streaming platforms. Oh God, I'm just thinking long gone are the days when you went into a shop and bought a CD or a record or things like that. This is the way now, Robert. This is one one of the things. So um, it was something that I noticed during during the pandemic. Like People would give me CDs and I, I genuinely have no way of playing a CD like even my yes. laptop doesn't have it so I was talking to people yesterday and even their their cars don't have CD players now and um, it, it's or having a CD player like I definitely have CD players back in back in RD but in, in this house that we're in none of us have a CD player um, so it's but like we all have streaming platforms we all have Spotify and we all have Apple Music and stuff like this but mm. It kind of takes away the, the the physical connection we have to music. Yes. Like everyone can remember it. Like I'm sure this could be a completely different segment on a show. It could be what your mm. first your first CD or vinyl that you bought 
everyone remembers. Yeah. Uh, and you remember going to the shop and you remember going with whoever you went with. Like I remember mine was kind of rather embarrassingly. It was Shane, Shane Ward. Shane Ward. Um, it was a, he was an X Factor winner. That's my very, goal. Very <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was that. That was the single, and um, that was the first one I bought. And I remember going with my mom to buy it um, mm. a long, long time ago. A lot's happened since then, but it's so having these artworks that you can have in your house, you can put it up whatever way you want. There is a, still a connection, and all of the music or all of the art is chosen by the yes. by the artists yes. specifically to suit the music yeah. that we're playing well. oh, it's fantastic and your dad Ken of course uh, famous photographer is, yeah. is uh, chipping in there too so look at the the, the point is that you are uh, seeking funding for this on Kickstarter I see and yeah. you've got it quite a bit there at the moment you have a target to reach uh, and you hope to reach that sooner rather than later so if people want to find out more about this project and back you tell us how yeah, so it's people, um, you can go straight to the Kickstart website and look up Beginnings, uh, the Finnegan Biscardi Duro, or you can go to my website, which has the link if you click on, um, there's a heading that says Finnegan Biscardi Duro, and there's a link that goes straight to our Kickstart. And genuinely, any any amount that people can give is, is very, very helpful. Mm. Um, we have a few rewards, so there's a few kind of early access things, um, if you want to support it in that way, yes. or mentions on the website when we release it. It should be released hopefully kind of late October, November Good. kind of Good, yeah. time. So That's the aim of the game. So I take it it's yeah. an Irish, is that an, Ita- uh, an Irish-Italian combination with the, with the, the name Viscardi? Yeah, so um, Tara is she's from the Bear Peninsula in Kerry. <laughs> um, what am I talking about, Italy? Then down there. Yeah. <laughs> so her 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 father is is Swiss Italian. Yes, so there okay. is, you're you're definitely right there. Oh, thank God. Uh, there's not there's not a big. Uh, <laughs> cohort of Viscardi's standing in anything. <laughs> but yeah we get, um, it's quite funny you get, she gets that question quite a lot yeah so. I'm sure um, apologise on my behalf will you for, uh, to her please um, anyway so Tara and yourself have come together to produce the wonderful music the artist her dad as you mentioned uh, Claudio your own dad Ken all uh, rowing in as well and others besides to bring this wonderful mm. project together kickstarter.com beginnings is the name of the EP and any support would be gratefully appreciated and there are kickbacks of course to you uh, when you support uh, Robert lovely to catch up but you come back to me Great when to you have, have the have the, uh, uh, the EP ready will you yes absolutely good to Don't talk worry. to you continued success in London you. Robert take care thanks very much have a good bye 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 that's a wonderful talented Robert Finnegan teaming up with Tara Viscardi there uh, for this EP and the artists all rowing into interesting streaming totally different it is the way of the future that's a lot on late lunch this uh, Tuesday afternoon midweek Wednesday Philip Darcy is with us oh this man is so interesting he's uh, uh, the man behind a massive exhibition about the show bands looking forward to talking to him Deirdre Dwyer Deirdre dentist is with us and she's talking about the importance of dental hygiene and the rise in oral cancers. We're talking to people from the neonatal health unit in Our Lady of Lourdes Hospital, Slane's Men's Sheds and uh, Yellow Submarine and more besides. That's a lot on Late Lunch. Eddie Caffrey's on the way with The Drive. See you tomorrow, 1.30. 
The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors Opal, Drogheda to Dorkin Cavan. Discover the all-new Opal Mocha, featuring Opal's iconic new signature visor, stunning Opal Pure Panel, and a choice of petrol, diesel, or fully electric. The new Opal Mocha is less normal, more Mocha. Visit BlackstoneMotors.ie. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.